or Decepticons. Are we the cowards? Anyway, I'm Greg. Oh, I'm Kendall. (laughs) (laughs) I threw everybody off with that opening. Well, because Emily's not here and we do it alphabetical. Oh, that's right. Uh, Emily is on assignment. She is not going to be with us, unfortunately, for the first couple, but she's hopefully going to be back for the final four? Yes. Anyway. She's just gone for a couple of episodes. She she has some family stuff uh, in this crazy, crazy time. That is completely understandable, but we are wishing her all the best with her and her family, and we will see her soon and talk to her soon. The final case four, is that when we like talk about Duke? Probably. Florida State. Yeah. And North Carolina. Maryland. Yeah. Uh, Z- Xavier. Uh, yeah. Tarkeels. Those, those are basketball teams. Yeah. But anyway, for those who are listening in, who don't know what this is, uh, no, if you are not listening to a basketball, college basketball podcast, this is the Warren Beast podcast. Uh, I keep trying to think of a fancy subtitle for this series that we were going to be talking about. I was thinking about like spoils of Cybertron at first, but anyway, it's a work in progress. Uh, but for those who have listened to us in the past and are now like, oh my God, what the hell is this new f- new episode showing up on my RSS feed for some reason? Um, we are reviewing Transformers War for Cybertron trilogy, the new series that just came out on Netflix just a short time ago. So we're oh, actually wait, the being. Netflix series. I thought we were talking about the video game. Oh, crap. <laughs> man, I got through the first chapter and everything, and I was like, man, this this being a Megatron, Cybertron tra- tank is pretty cool. And <laughs> it was, oh, no, I did actually play a little bit of the game, but no, I, I, I did watch the series. <laughs> yes. Um, we are covering the, the first part or first season, if you will of this, uh, what is supposed to be a trilogy, as far as we are aware. So more than likely, we will be covering the other episodes as well. Uh, but yeah, I, so we're back. I think they actually put out like the name, supposedly, of what all the the three parts are going to be. So it's like, what is it? Siege is this one. Yes. And then the other ones are Earthrise and Kingdom. Hmm. Though, as far as I know, like Kingdom hasn't even been like started work on yet. Yeah. But- so... Who knows if those are going to stay the same as they come out? Yeah, we'll see. But but uh, yes, we're we're like that dinosaur movie. We're back. Um, 
it's been kind of crazy this year. Except hopefully we won't end with some creepy old guy being eaten by crows. Yeah, we're on the ground. Unfortunately, we do have to. We are recording over the internet. Um, You know, usually we record in person. Um, We uh, Jordan and I drive over to Greg's house from five states away every week. Uh, But hopefully, you know, we apologize for the audio quality. Let's just say I haven't. I haven't edited a podcast in a little over a year, so we'll <laughs> see how this goes. Um, but yeah, we, we realize that it is a difficult time for everybody right now. We hope all of the listeners of this episode and any future or past episodes are doing okay. Uh, it's been, a, I, I, yeah, 2020. It, it's, yeah, I'm just going to say fuck it. <laughs> it's a good thing we have the little checkbox next to adult content for these podcasts because yeah, you'll probably over the course of the next six episodes, there will probably be some talk about the stuff that's gone on in some way, shape, or form. But we're hoping that also this is going to be a bit of an escape for everybody who just wants to sit down, watch the Transformers, and not have to think about that sort of stuff. So here's hoping that we can try and lighten your day a little bit. <laughs> but yes, so this week we are going to be reviewing... Episode one, uh, the title of this episode, if I'm not mistaken, uh, is just C1E1. I don't even know if there was a it title. Says, yeah, IMDb yeah. just says 1.1. Yeah. Yeah, it's just this, the part of the trilogy title, Siege, episode one. Like, they haven't yeah. given them so they individual haven't given episodes yet. episode titles. Yeah. So... A little disappointing with that, but I mean, it could be worse. It could be part of the Prime trilogy. Ooh, I'm dropping that. I am dropping that. I watched that. Yeah, I sat down and watched all those, too, and there's something. There's something. (laughs) I gotta say, I gotta say, like, you know, you know, I, I, I trial and, and look at TF Wiki all the time, sometimes when I do things like this, and on the last episode of, and specifically of the, the, uh, uh, what was the first? What was the first? The Combiner Wars. Yes. I was looking under errors, and the very last error was someone from the TF where he put this series was made. And mm. I'm like, wow, ow, mm. ow, wow. <laughs> I didn't watch that series. I I read, you probably would have liked it. I, yeah, I probably would have liked it because <laughs> you guys didn't. <laughs> well, I, I'll be honest. Like, like. There's there's a lot of technical issues, problems with it, and there it's not so much as that I hated it, as so much as that, wow, this is rough, and it feels bad that it's rough because it's supposed to be made by like major companies for promoting a toy line, and usually they want to put out their best, and it doesn't feel like they did that. This is a, it's it's more this- like disappointment. Yeah. Than, also, than actual, like, terribleness. Yeah. Also, full disclosure, the company that did make those series is now out of business, so... Yeah, true. Yeah. So, speaking of the toy line, uh, I tried... When this came out, I tried to order one of the toys for one of the characters, and I couldn't find it. Oh, that's one. I thought the whole point of Transformers was to trick people into buying toys. <laughs> normally the case 
Which but, toy was it? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna save that for a later episode. Oh. Uh, just as a, as a teaser because it's a there's it's a character who I really like their I really like the character in like their arc in the overall season. Nice. Okay. Right. So I just want to also give a little disclosure that I haven't watched the entire series yet. Like I didn't watch it all the way through because I'm kind of like going was going to watch it in bits and pieces. So I don't know how things go other than just like my general feelings. So I'm not sure if I'm going to keep that up and like, you know, just like kind of do like an episode or two ahead so that it'd be kind of like a surprise when we get to the end or not. But we'll, we'll see. Probably be good. to. It'd probably be good to just watch them as, as to have somebody just watch it kind of as we go. Yeah. Um, and I assume that our and I mean, I would say that our our reviews should be such that uh that listeners um, can do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which means also that we will probably be putting in like big, or uh, I say we, I will be probably putting in like big red alert sounds or something along those lines to say, Hey, this is going to be really spoilery. So if you haven't watched the series oh, and you're listening a- to this, then, you know, fair we warning. Should, we should get a voice clip of red alert and just have it at the beginning to give a warning. And also, I'm oh. rewatching it, and I was I was a little bit drunk when I saw this episode, but by the end of the of the series, I was very drunk. <laughs> so I probably like legitimately. I don't remember how the series ends. Oh. I mean, I kind of do. Okay, yes, I actually do remember exactly how it ends, but <laughs> but there's there's definitely going to be details in. In like the fifth and sixth episode, that I'm like, I totally forgot about that. Ah, well, that's not so bad. It'll probably be one of those things where you're like, I completely forgot this happened in this episode, and I really liked it. Yeah, I'm. Well, I, I mean, spoiler alert, I am pretty positive on the series um, as a whole. Like, this is kind of exactly what I want. Like, I, I mean, it doesn't have to be perfect, but it's exa- It is exactly what I wanted in a Transformers series. Oh, if they were, if they were, if they turned into animals. Instead of instead of cars, then it would be the perfect. It would be like exactly, exactly. But yeah, I mean, I wanted, I wanted a sort of more mature style, like peak television, only a few episodes kind of thing. I mean, this is this is basically exactly what I was hoping for. <clears throat> so let's go into trivia. Yeah. Kendall Yay. reads IMDb because there's trivia for this episode. The original Transformers cartoon opened with Bumblebee and Wheelcha- Wheeljack searching for Energon rods on Cybertron whilst being hunted by Seekers. The opening of this episode is an homage to this. I first, know, I saw that. I was so glad. The first like, characters oh, shown in robot form are Bumblebee and Wheeljack, same as the original cartoon. However, in the original cartoon, Wheeljack is shown first, then Bumblebee. Well, in this, they show <laughs> Bumblebee, then Wheeljack. Oh. Um, Jetfire's so allegiance as a Decepticon is directly lifted from the original TV series. That seems mm-hmm. a little spoilery. Uh, the opening scene of Bumblebee and Wheeljack searching for Energon is an homage to the very first scene of the original <laughs> 1984 series. Can you tell that I don't read these in advance? Jetfire's <laughs> allegiance and character dynamics with Starscreen are taken from the original 1984 series. And finally, the most important, each season has a chapter subtitle. The first season is named Siege. 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> and there is a, there's actually, there's one more piece of spoilery trivia, but I'm going to just quickly read it to make sure it, it only spoils this episode. Mm. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to read it. Okay. <laughs> um, Cause it spoils, um, it spoils a later thing. I'm going to leave that, that silence in for dramatic effect. <laughs> Uh, so you want me to point out some of the fun things that uh, TF Wiki said? Absolutely. Like I, so um, just I just just I love sometimes like some of the Transformers references they put in here. Um, for one thing, Bubblebee mentions Velocitron, which yes. I was I actually caught because um, God I don't think I remember I only remember it from like some of the later like uh, animated things that came later before it actually became a thing. So it was uh, kind of neat to hear that. Um, but they also, you know, like they also mentioned um, the thing where like Megatron's going on about the, the Energon mines and the gladiatorial pits. And the fact that uh, some like Decepticons were, were opposed for basically because they were chosen, chosen to do sort of specific jobs because of how their robot forms uh, all take cues from like uh, things that have been not only in like the G one's uh, contestants' or original like purpose for the Transformers, but some of the stuff that's been going on in the comics with yes. the whole functionalism mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. kind of thing that they go in. I, Kendall, I think I when we would talked about the old Optimus Prime when we that old podcast we did where, where we talked about the Optimus prime thing, that was kind of like a big thing that was going on too. Right. the idea that if you transform into a, a like crane, you can only do things for crane jobs and stuff like that and right. not be allowed. Uh, but the, it's, it seems like the, like you mentioned that it seems like the, the, this cartoon's going to, is taking a lot of cues from those old, uh, not only the, the G one stuff, but cartoon, but the comic, once mm-hmm. it did that, I think I think that they're taking cues from the first episode of War and Beast, where <laughs> I basically said that was basically my my fan theory was that the Predacons were a sort of a subjugated class, um, and that's the sense that's I I feel like this that they they capture this really well that the that the Decepticons were kind of a, a subjugated class that they were they had the the more menial jobs they had gladiator pits and mining and crap and then maybe Megatron took it a little bit too far um uh and and uh yeah the implications of Megatron and Optimus like used to be on the same side and stuff like that that's definitely stuff that was that was covered pretty heavily in the comics um yes. I've dropped off of the comics in the last uh six months or so um just because I well you know sometimes yeah. I don't need sometimes I don't need to read a chapter of a story every month for the rest of eternity. And um, sometimes we need to afford food compared to buying comics. Oh, well, no, no, no. I, I bought other. Comics <laughs> no, no comics. Comics is definitely more important than food. Hmm. Um, that that's not even, not even close, not even close. Okay. Um, food is cheap. I can do, I can do ramen noodles. <laughs> like comics aren't that expensive. Although, but, uh, but yeah, no, the, I mean, it's, if you like the, I would say if you like this stuff, pick up some of the the mm-hmm. Transformers comics. The um, the current the current series that started like a year and a half or two years ago or something like that is a very very good jumping on point because they blew up the Unicron blew up the universe or something like that. 
Yeah. And then they, they just completely rebooted. Um, and it, it, this does feel like a, it is very much in the vein of, of that, of that series of the rebooted series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's also like, uh, a few, just like two more things I wanted to mention is transformers reference. Uh, this one I actually kind of really like because it's so obscure, but there are some people who like this. There's, they mentioned that, that uh, at the beginning you see like a yellow black, a green black, and a blue black trio of seekers. Mm-hmm. And these aren't the rainmakers. This and the rainmakers are uh, basically like you know how a lot of the jet uh, transformers kind of look all the same, like yes. the same as there. Mm-hmm. They uh, there's been episodes where like they you see them on Cybertron and they've had just basically color swaps of Starscream, and but they actually did give them all their own names. And they were like called the Rainmakers there. So there's like Iron, Iron, Ion Storm, Acid Storm, and Nova Storm, mm-hmm. like are just a set of Seekers that all just basically look like Starscream but have those color schemes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, it's kind of spoilery, but not is that we find out that they actually do show up eventually, like the mm-hmm. the Rainmaker characters. But apparently, it's that's not them at, at this point. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, they also kind of point out how. Uh, Jetfire is kind of a little more aggressive than his usual scientist white like way than he is in this series, but I don't know. Like, I mean, this is this is a reboot, so it doesn't seem too odd to me that it that they would take some changes with certain characters. Yeah, I mean, Bumblebee's I mean, usually an Autobot, right? Yeah, and he's yeah. much more compassionate and caring. But then again, we're dealing with with obviously again we're we're looking at uh, the beginning. Well, a beginning of a story that's set after a long-standing civil war, like one, mm. like especially the Autobots, you know, we'll see are in dire straits. So, you know, like the things are not as good as uh, we see at other points in the stories that we get sometimes. Right. And I will, I will say, as a person who owned the the VHS of the episode that introduces Skyfire, yeah, it was a bit jarring for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he is kind of quite different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there is an interesting little trivia note about that, about him too, about how he, apparently he has a forearm-mounted laser sword that they that's not in his siege toy, and they've just has never been in any kind of toy that they've seen with him yet. Yeah, and, I've never seen it. And I'm yeah, sorry, and, I, I said Skyfire because that's what he was called in yeah. G1, but he's Jetfire yeah. now. Yeah. They always, it's one of those things where sometimes like they'll actually like say he was originally Skyfire when he was in Decepticon, but he changed his yes. name. But any, but when I read that, like I actually did, tried to take a look to see if in the Forge to Fight game, if he has those because he has these giant shoulder-mounted cannons in his uh, in his design in Forge to Fight, and there's literally a move where he basically like jumps in the air and just like spins firing from them. So I was trying to think like, does he actually pull something off like that in, in the game with like a sword? But I don't think he does. So, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> so that just leaves one last little thing I wanted to point out that I think is kind of more toy, toyetic kind of inversion here. Apparently a lot of the weapons have very specific names, like how they, they, how they point out like one of the, Weapons that Wheeljack threatens Bumblebee is the RT5 circuit welder, or that uh, one of the guns that Alita One uses is the RT5 anti thermoblaster with the SR hush fuse barrel attachment and stuff like that. Wow. And at fir- yeah, and at first I'm like, wow, they're just very specific. And then I took a look, and 
it turns out that the this is one of the series of toys lines that has a very very specific weapons uh, system because they're very interchangeable and customizable. Like they're, it's actually called the combat system, the Cybertronium Omnifunctional Mod- Modular Battlefield Assault Tech System. And this includes again, we were having like like back when they did the a bunch of those MicroMasters with like the uh, Target Masters and stuff like that. Like those are involved in this as well. But a lot of these small, just regular handheld guns have hard points and little things where you can actually join together other small handguns, not just the little robots that transform into them. And so you can so you can do all kinds of crazy customization. And because of that, like all the little handguns and stuff like that have very specific names because, you know, like you can use this so-and-so base with this so-and-so weapon to create this so-and-so weapon. Like they, they really went all out in creating all kinds of things like that. Like, so all the characters have like their weapons named in the, in the, uh, in this, in this toy line. Wow. Yeah. Like even, even, uh, Omega Supreme's toy, like in Titan class is, is said to come with like an HM laser cannon and the 300 TT crusher claw, which I'm basically guessing is his hands. (laughs) More than likely. So yeah, like it's, it's kind of interesting. And, this actually also means that there's uh, some toys that come with like neat little like you know gun like little uh, like plastic clear bursts for like you know firing things and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like I said, like they're all hard points and stuff like that. That means you can basically interchange that there, so you can do like little uh, posing scenes with guns looking like they're firing because of be- of different colors or stuff like that because of the- stuff like this. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Good on you, Hasbro, for uh, making it a little bit more uh, interesting there. Hmm. All right. So we've got our, our trivia and our interesting info for from the TF Wiki here and IMDB. Uh, so let's get into the, the meat of this episode. Um, as Kendall alluded to, uh, we do open on Bumblebee and Wheeljack the start of this episode in a search for Energon. Uh, Bumblebee is a uh, more of a scavenger, I suppose. He's he's not affiliated with any any group, as we come to find out quite quickly in this episode. As he points out that uh, you know he was hired for a job and he he just wants to get the job done and get paid and very mercenary in that sense. Uh, over the course of them avoiding detection, they come across a derelict space bridge uh, to which Wheeljack starts powering it up and Bumblebee tries to dissuade him from it because he's afraid that they're going to get found out. And sure enough, he's right because they get found out almost immediately. Uh, and this I is our... I laughed at that too because that's immediately what Wheeljack does. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, is that a space bridge? And just starts pressing buttons, lights go <laughs> on. He's like, we're trying to hide. This place is hidden, and I took you to a secret spot, and I'd already yelled at you once for being stealthy, you know, to be stealthy, and the first thing you do is, like, turn on blazing bright lights. Yeah. So this is where we get our introduction to Jetfire and the Seekers, uh, Starscream, Thundercracker, and uh, as well as a couple of others. Unfortunately, I did not catch the names of I think Skywarp is also in there. Yeah. And then well, they like, don't one of the... say their names. Oh, yeah, that's right. They don't. That's yeah. so. This is my. This is my. Maybe my. 
my biggest like from a from a sort of storytelling uh craft of you know making a thing you know when you write a comic book or when you have a first episode of a show you need to say characters names mm-hmm. especially in a in a situation like this where where it's um where you're you're these are established characters you're you're supposed to go into that seeing that yellow guy and being like that's bumblebee he never mm-hmm. sa- he doesn't say his name is bumblebee like it was all it was it was kind of a reveal later in the episode to me when he said his yeah. name was bumblebee cuz he never transforms Mm-hmm. And he and he and he's just a, and then and then I they literally don't say Starscream. I don't think at all this episode. I no, they do once towards the end. Okay, I, I may have, I may have missed it then because I was drunk. But like <laughs> it went a long time. I was like I'm I think that might be Starscream. But also there was a plain guy in in the Bumblebee movie that was not Starscream. That so, looked almost exactly like Starscream. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, so it's like, yeah. You can't. Yeah, it could be. It could be. You know, whoever. You know, I don't know if that's supposed to be him. And and obvi- and especially if it's Starscream, there there are definite implications there. Mm-hmm. You, you know about about the character because that's all that Starscream is is the he's the second in command who's trying to be the boss. And so if he starts out as not the second in command, then you know that something's going to happen to Jetfire. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I think Jet. I think Jetfire does say Scar- Starscream's name at one point. He may, I, yeah, I'm, it may be, it may be later in the episode, but it's certainly not. It's certainly not in the first, in the first act. Yeah, uh, in this whole this this whole this first confrontation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think actually, just uh, just to point out, I think kind of works both for and against this is that the the designs like they. Again, like since this is being made with Hasbro kind of directing it for their toy line and stuff like that, a lot of the robots and stuff like that are show are going for toy accuracy, you know, except in certain cases yes. or for certain conventions. So, a, so a lot of the things uh, and the characters are definitely based off of nostalgia, like mm-hmm. our ba- our our banking on nostalgia. Which for older fans, that's you know that's that's not not exactly a bad thing like people can recognize certain things for new fans that can be a bad thing so it's kind of like like i said it's kind of hurts and it kind of helps uh-huh. in certain situations yeah i don't i really don't like bumblebee's design in this um but Je- i i mean i mean starscream's design is is solid i kind of mm-hmm. wish that they would make the other jets look different um cuz cuz that's that's where i think the biggest the biggest weakness in the G1 designs is having all the jets be just the same, you know, just repaints of a similar yeah. model, and uh, yeah, but yeah, it's just like I was in this in this early scene. I was just very like, I think that's supposed to be Starscream. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like it just it it, it would have been nice if they made it very clear because these are these are interpretations of of known characters, and that's that's mm-hmm. the story they're trying to tell. That this yeah. is a twist on you know this is a twist on Bumblebee. This is a twist on. On especially Bumblebee, Starscream, um, and then uh, another character later that will that I'll complain about later. <laughs> but uh, so we have a a bit of a face to face. Starscream is very much of the mind that they should just kill them and be done with it. Uh, 
there is a scene where where it's identified that Bumblebee is sort of an unknown to the Decepticons. He's not affiliated with anybody. They don't have him on file whatsoever. Uh, Wheeljack, however, they know who he right. is. Right. They say Autobot. Wheeljack's name, but they don't say Bumblebee's name. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's because he hasn't chosen a side yet. Yeah. I guess, but he could be like, I'm I just know. Bumblebee. Yeah. I'm not on a side. I'm just Bumblebee. Yeah. You know? So, Starscream wants, he, he basically is of the mind, you know, let's just kill them and be done with it. Megatron will reward us. Uh, to which Jetfire then slices off his arm. Uh, so, I, I was not expecting that. We, we're so we're definitely starting off a little bit darker than what we've seen in other Transformers series. I would say, um, I really wanted some sort of a disarm joke, but we didn't. There's like little to no humor in this series at all. But it would have, it would have been Little interesting. Jack gives to, us a little humor later. Oh wait, yes, he does. <laughs> he does. Yeah, like after he loses his hand, there's some argument and. Uh, what is it like? Starscream's like, if I was leading the Seekers, they'd be dead by my hand. And Wheeljack immediately comes yeah. in. You mean that one over there it's on the floor? Yeah, you mean this <laughs> yeah. He gets smacked for it, but it was good. Uh, it, I. This is one of those things where, like, I love various interpretations of Wheeljack, and one of the ones where he's just he can't keep his mouth shut. Yeah, and is sometimes snarky, but also an idiot. It's just I love that. It's really good, and yeah, that joke. And by not, idiot, I mean like not street smart, kind of like yeah, you know, like, yeah, because he's he's he can make things, but <laughs> he's smart, but he's also really dumb. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we get because of Starscream's disarmament, you could say the other seekers and Starscream basically are gonna go at Jetfire. It, they've got guns pointed. Jetfire's got his sword out. He's about ready to start kicking ass and taking names. He blocks a shot, and the Autobots immediately book it. And he's like, "You fools! They're getting away!" And yeah, so, no, but Bumblebee's not an Autobot. Yep. Um, yeah, he has to point that out again. Uh, but then we get our first encounter with Megatron, who sort of walks menacingly out of the shadows. He's got bright red eyes, very. Very demon-esque, you could say, in a sense. Very evocative of, hey, this is the big bad of the series. Uh-huh. It's, uh, and of course, he, he initially, once the Seekers catch up, Starscream's like, oh, yes, we, we need to kill them. And Megatron is like, no, we're not trying to commit genocide. He's like, we need to reach their sparks. Sparks and, and minds. I love that. Sparks and minds. <laughs> Which I was actually kind of surprised about, and it made me really wonder whether we were gonna have whether we're gonna have a bit of conflict with Megatron in this series as to you know are the ends gonna justify the means sort of thing. Not sure that's gonna happen, but it was nice to think about it at the time. Well, well, so so this scene, I think this scene is really telling of of uh, sort of it, it makes it makes it it's. This is not a war that is black and white, and there's more. Yeah. And there's more to it um, than this, but or that that comes later. Um, but these factions are there is there is a breakdown in the factions. It is not, and it is not just Starscream's uh, just wanting to be the boss of everybody. Like it's mm-hmm. not, you, you know, it's not. Uh, 
it's not the bad guys just trying to screw each other over so that they can be the most powerful, the boss of the bad guys, the way that we <laughs> saw in a lot of Beast Wars stuff and, and, and a lot of sort of children's entertainment. You have, you have Megatron who, uh, started, who kind of started this movement or, or whatever, uh, so, you know, maybe started the war, did something, uh, and that we, you know, used to be friends with Optimus or whatever. Uh, and maybe he's taking things a little bit too far. Then you've got, you've got Starscream who basically wants to, who, who just wants to wipe out the, the Autobots, um, mm-hmm. you know, his, for whatever reason. And then you've got Jet, Jet, Jetfire who, um, he joined, he's, he's a, he's a Decepticon and he, he joined the movement, but maybe is, is in a little bit over his head. He's, he's the, you know, he's the, he's the Nazi that's like, wait, we have skulls on our helmets. Are we the bad guys? <laughs> you, you know, like he's, he's the one, he's kind of, even, even from this, from this first, from this first scene, he's kind of, cause he's not a bad guy. Like he's definitely not a, not a bad guy. Like, uh, but then when Megatron says kill them, I mean, he pulls the gun on the Autobots. He follows yeah. orders. He's also not um, the only reason. The only reason he uh, sliced off Starscream's hand was because Starscream was being insubordinate. Yeah, mm. I, I just, I really, I think it's it's a really interesting. Just, just these little bits and pieces like really establish these three factions within a faction. It's really like this is this is good storytelling. Yeah. You know, if they would just say what the characters' names were. <laughs> One of the things that, with the this whole discussion that Megatron has with Wheeljack, he, he's trying to talk him into his side, but Wheeljack is like, freedom is the right of all sentient beings. And that immediately puts off Megatron. He's like, ah, oh, those are the words of your leader. And so he, he basically dismisses Wheeljack at, at this point as a lost cause. And so he turns his attention to B, and... You know, he's like, so you, you're an Autobot. B, of course, again, is like, I'm not an Autobot. And this is where it gets interesting because Megatron's like, oh, so you aren't one of us. You're not one of them. So you're a coward. You don't want to play sides. You're just in it for yourself. You're just too scared to really choose a side in this whole thing, which adds a little bit of a interesting political dynamic to it. Mm-hmm. In a sense, because it, it's like, you know, he, he's not out there trying to to forcefully reprogram, you know, Cybertronians or anything like that, at least not that we're aware of at this point. Um, so it's very interesting to sort of see him as, okay, so you don't really have a cause that you're fighting for, which is kind of pathetic, which... In a big war, which I assume has gone on a very long time, you, I'm kind of surprised that you know there that not everybody has picked a side. But of course, in war, there's always complicate, complicated feelings in regards yeah. to you know conscientious objection and whatnot. So right. it's definitely something that I can see happening he's, in he's Tigertron long run. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and there's uh, there's there's some some more specific political metaphor that you could give there, but uh, I don't want to get into that in the real world. Yeah, but yeah, he's Tigertron. It's just like that, yeah. you know, just like that episode where he's where Tigertron is like the 
you guys are just fighting and there's collateral damage and I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be a part of that because my, you know, and of course, of course, Tigertron, I think kind of learns what Bumblebee eventually learns, which is like, there is a, there is a, there is such a thing as good and evil and, 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 you know, you, you have to, you, you, at some point you have to choose, at some point you have to choose, you have to, you know, stand up for what's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So with, with that being said, Megatron sort of turns his back on all of them and just decides, yep, go ahead, kill them. And so we've got Jeffire and the other Seekers that are about to do the deed. And then we get a squeal of some tires and lo and behold, we get Optimus showing up to, to save the day. He, the one he Autobot his, that can transform. Yeah. Yeah. See, I actually wanted to point something out about that. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, especially with the scene where he, he jumps in when he transforms back into robot form. It's not very elegant. No. Like he says. And I was wondering about that. Like there's also scenes where they're just walking I'm like, they can transform into vehicles. <laughs> and then I just, yeah. And, and then I just realized maybe they're really, really bad on Energon. Like maybe the transforming does take, um, like in this version, especially does take amount of, uh, energy consumption back and forth to the point where like, they really can't risk transforming unless they absolutely need to. That very well could be. Yeah. And if, Especially like especially at sometimes when they show the Autobots and stuff like that, it really does look like they're practically just starving mm-hmm. to death in some of the scenes, which makes me think that this that kind of lends credence to the idea that they they can only do so much now, and they really really need Energon. Yeah, we we and Prime looks pretty battered when he yeah. arrives to begin with, like the the front windows of of his cab, like his chest, they've got cracks in them. He's got like scarring, uh, all over his body. And we do with Megatron too. And he's introduced, like they both look like they've seen their fair share of battle. The, um, the sequence that we get though, is it pretty much takes out the seekers pretty handily, but then Megatron comes back once primes trying to get them away and he starts just kicking the ever living shit out of Prime, like, and he basically he says, you know, you weren't made for this. You were always slower. You never really had it in you to to do this. And it's really evident in the scene. Although, like you said, Jordan, it could be that you know they're sort of running off fumes, and it's like, you know, somebody who's who's been starved trying to fight this you know, well-fed warrior at this point. So it would not be surprising at all if that's the case. Um, we do get a bit of dialogue between the two, which, and Alpha Trion is brought up a lot, who, who, and it's insinuated that, that he was a mentor for both of them. Mm-hmm. But we also hear as well that, or Optimus accuses Megatron essentially of, well, he flat out says it that he murdered Alpha Trion. So the question we, is, did he though? Yeah, like, like, did did uh, he did, doesn't flinch or or deny that he did something? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I think this is this is kind of my crackpot theory on this. I think that both of them 
that Megatron and and Optimus, yeah, he was a the Alphatron was there was like probably the leader of everybody and 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 was maybe a little bit corrupt or 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 needed to be taken down a peg and that Megatron and Optimus collaborated to do something and either either like Megatron did something that made Optimus kill Alphatron or or Optimus did something that caused Megatron to kill Alph- Alphatron like I I think that they're I think that there's there's like there's another story there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of alluded to as well because Megatron, like over the course of their banter back and forth, um, Prime says that you know Alpha Trion would have been disappointed in Megatron, and Megatron basically says, "Well, I think he would have been disappointed in both of us mm-hmm. at this point." So, right. I think he also uh, I'm before that before the Alpha Trion, he mentions that he offered a treaty. Yes. Like for the further point out that there's there's not a very uh, black and white thing going on here, mm-hmm. and right, right, as, right. The the Decepticons are suing for peace. Like they're trying to, yeah. They they've they've presented. Now it's it's probably a not a very good treaty. Oh God! <laughs> by, the, no. by the sounds of it, no, it does not sound like it. Like the way uh, Optimus kind of like spits the word back at him and says it's just slavery. Sounds like it's a very, very bad treaty. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it does seem like there is there was a point where the Decepticons were willing to ne- negotiate or at least put on the veneer of, hey, we don't want to just outright destroy you. You know, like mm-hmm. like Megatron says, this isn't a genocide. Yeah. Right. No, and, uh, you know, at this point, it's Prime's probably regretting not taking the treaty with the beat that he gets. <laughs> But they are at the last second saved by Alita, who uh, shoots a sword out of Megatron's hand just as he's about to deal a killing blow. And then that's a big sword, too. It is. It comes. This this is one of those things where, like, I love and hate about Transformers, how they can pull weapons out of nowhere sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it goes back to the whole Cybertronium thing and, you know, yeah. where does Prime's trailer go, which we don't ever see no. in the series. I'm, we're just going to spoil that right now. We we do not see a trailer in this series. I, I will point out it. that uh, when I said, like, I looked up the, the, the combat system, that, that exact sword is in one of the uh, pictures on the wiki. So, okay. so, like I said, like, a lot of the weapons are very much taking cues from the toys. Okay. Uh, so the, the C- Megatron transforms into a tank. He tries to attack Alita, who's sort of like on the high ground. Hey, she's sort of like Obi-Wan. Um, <laughs> the, the Seekers fly after her, and that's when Optimus orders Wheeljack and Bumblebee to escape. They start running across a bridge instead of driving across a bridge, which I thought was kind of weird. Yeah. The, the, Again, the, I, I, it, the only th- way this makes sense to me is the fact that they literally are running on fumes and yeah. transforming takes so, takes that out of them. I just yeah. feel like I don't know. I just feel like people that write Transformers don't remember that they can transform. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like I feel like there's there's almost almost every time I see a a series where if it's if it's something that is like going for like character development and and like well written. With the robots, they just never turn into their into their alt forms. The only times that I see consistently 
where they turn into their alt forms outside of Beast Wars because be- because when they turn into animals they can still talk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, outside of Beast Wars, they just it's just like they're always. I just feel like they're always in their robot form. It's just how it's just how Transformers works. Mm-hmm. Which is odd because they can still communicate when they're in the vehicle form. Right, but you can't em- you can't emote. Like True. you can't you can't do the facial emotion, which I, yeah. I understand that, but that's again that's just sort of an argument for why they should make more Beast Wars. <laughs> like like I mean yeah, they have so much of this fucking G one crap that nobody cares about except for old people. <laughs> I'm not that old. I mean, but I mean, but I mean, you're on the because you're I forget if you're older than me or younger than me, but but you're you're on the a tail end of that. Most of the, you know, most of the Transformers, the real, like, the big hardcore Transformers fans are 10 years older than us. Sure. Whereas we grew up with Beast Wars. That's why we had a Beast Wars podcast. Yeah. And we are, <laughs> and we are, you know, 30-year-old white men. So all all things need to be made for us. <laughs> I will say, I will say, um, uh. Uh, I want to add that I I was thinking about a, a a theory of how Megatron could have killed uh what's the guy's name the the Alphatron Alphatron and I literally described the the flashback sequence in the Last Jedi. <laughs> I was like I was like maybe uh maybe Megatron was was kind of starting to become more radical and then. Alpha Trion uh, confronted him in a way that Megatron felt that he was that his life was was in jeopardy, and then kill, ended up killing Alpha Trion. So not out of the realm of possibility. And I, and I did not. Way. I was not intentionally being referential when I thought of that in my head, and then I shut up, and then I said it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I want to point out, I was really happy to see Alita One. Yes. Uh, like while while like I did I grew up in bits and pieces with G Generation One stuff, so Alita One and I think actually in this one episode later also we get to see Chromia for a yes, moment. Yes, we do. I didn't I didn't get to see them much in the original G One cartoons as much, so it was nice to see them like you know up and around and actually talking. They only just- make a, like it maybe a handful of appearances in G One. Yeah. So it, it was nice to to see some some better characterization uh, instead of just a bunch of of dude robots all around. Yeah, and it's also kind of nice to see that they don't default to being the only girl transformer being RC. Yeah, that is very true. We we do get uh, Elita setting off an explosion. Like the the Autobots are making an escape on a bridge, and she sets off an explosion to sort of stop the Decepticon pursuit. Are you with Optimus about it? Because they're still like right by them. Yeah. But I mean, they, they do get away. So Optimus sort of knew what he was doing, I guess you could say. And they had Astro cycles left, whatever that means. Yes. <laughs> I think that's the, those are the bikes that they get in uh, Power Rangers <laughs> in space, right? I thought those were surfboards. Yeah, uh, I, th- I, I think they're actually called. Yeah, I think they are surfboards. I think they're called like astro boards or something, though. Yeah, yeah, something like that.
Anyway, we're back. It's minor. Well, I can't say technical. It wasn't technical, but we had a minor issue, but we're back. So where we left off, the Autobots had just made their escape. They're, they're on their way back to what we presume is their hideout, as it turned out to be us. Uh, over the course of it, uh, Elita sort of confronts Bumblebee and, you know, she's like, well, it, you know, who is this guy? Is he going to give us away? Uh, he's basically, you know, I'm just the scavenger. And Wheels acts like, yeah, I just hired him to find some Energon. She's like, well, where's the Energon? <laughs> Which is a very valid point. He's and like, again, well, I, I love how he counters like, I was hired to find it. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And I did <laughs> now find my it. My job's over. <laughs> She's like, well, if you want to go back out there, you can deal with the Decepticons and whether they think you're on their side or not. And he's like, oh, good point. So <laughs> they arrive back at Autobot HQ, uh, which is disguised with a uh, sort of a, a mirage, you could say, even though we don't actually see mirage in this episode. No, I episode. think we do, but I mean, he's really bad, uh, bad at an out of shape. Like he's so double yeah. colored that you can't tell it's him. Yeah, but his sh- but the shape of his chassis and uh, design looks like an old toy of his, which is why I think yes. it's, it's him. Okay, um, we are uh, introduced to to Red Alert, who is sort of like the the doctor uh, for the Autobots at this point. Uh, we're also, we also get a, a bit where Optimus is kind of dismissive of Wheeljack because Wheeljack really wants to tell him that he's discovered the space bridge, but Prime can't really be bothered with it at this point. Yeah, this was a weird, this is a weird scene because, like, I, the first time I, yeah, I did get the sense that, like, uh, he couldn't be bothered with it. But the second time I kind of watched it and it was like, no, I'm, I will listen to you later. Like, we need mm. to deal with the right, you know, the right now issue. But then he didn't really follow up with. He doesn't really follow up with him later in the series. So, I, it's it's yeah. I, I didn't think he was totally being dis- dismissive, but yeah, it was an interesting scene, interesting <clears throat> dynamic there. Yeah, the more he put it off, made it seem like it was a little weird. Yeah, we we then are introduced to Alter Magnus in this series, who I like. And he was sort of reviewing footage of of them escaping. And he's basically like, you know, I'm your military commander. We've been going at this a while. He's like, you should really accept the treaty. Yeah. And Prime, you know, believes that accepting the treaty will mean extinction. And pretty much Magnus calls him as, you know, you're just as stubborn as Megatron in this and, and we also get, it's also alluded to that, you know, Mag, like in G1, Magnus knows Prime. Like, he's a friend of Optimus's. Yeah. And it's almost alluded to that maybe he knows Megatron as well because he makes that comparison. Yeah, and he also he also points out that, uh, like he said, you know, like when there's a moment where Optimus is doubting himself and he... Magnus says, you know, the Matrix the Matrix chose you. So he he has known that it, it's kind of alluded that he has known them through a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, so like before before he became prime, which probably means that he also knew them when they were working under Alpha Trion, which might mean that he was also part of the group that was like working with Alpha Trion or was under him at yeah. some point. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe so, he killed Alpha Trion. Megatron just <laughs> took took the blame. We we then get a bit of a um, uh, sort of a back and forth between Red Alert, like Wheeljack and Alita and Bumblebee come into into the sort of like the triage center, I guess you could say. Now we do get another little joke here because Alita's like, uh, I brought in a f- couple of you know bots for you to take a look at Red Alert. Red Alert's like. Well, there's not really much I can do for Wheeljack at this point. <laughs> and again, they don't say red alert. Yes. Because until several episodes later, uh, when I got very confused, I thought oh that wait, was Ratchet. No. He does introduce himself to be. He does introduce himself as red alert. Are you sure? Be. Are you sure? I'm positive. Hold on. I'm looking at the uh, subtitles as they just walked into him. Uh and they just did the wheeljack joke, and there, <laughs> there he is with sideswipe, and you, you were going to have to continue on, and I'll just have to yeah. keep an eye on it. Yeah, you, yeah confirm that. Yeah, fact check me, because I'm, I'm, I'm very, I was very angry that that like because they, I don't know, they, I'm not. Well, I haven't seen him introduce himself yet, but I think, and look, look this, I'd have to actually there. I think Optimus actually tells tells them to take. Tells Alita to take Bumblebee and Wheeljack to Red Alert. So I think that's one time that they na- definitely name drop him. But again, that is a very quick aside, you know. Yeah. And like you, like you said, Kendall, like for people who are mm-hmm. who don't recognize these old designs, and mind you, Red Alert's not exactly a very, very well known G1 no. character to begin with. Yeah. You know, if you didn't catch that, yeah, you're right. It, it's it's very confusing, and it would and you well, would. And especially and if he, he's a doctor character, yeah, that the only has one a you would... chest that looks like a a vehicle and is painted white, like the the, the one that is that is Ratchet, mm-hmm. and then he, right. and they do make a very he makes it very clear he says I used to be a doctor and then they handed me a gun, yeah, which, you know, it's another like very Ratchet thing to happen, right, right. But then three episodes later we actually meet Ratchet and it's yeah. and and it's in a similar setting, so I was like confused. Because I was like, did they, did they go there? Well, did the other time, like, because I thought that was the same character. Yeah. Well, um, there is actually one interesting thing, and it's pointed out, I think, in the the Transformer references in on the G one wiki that Red Alert was also marked like he's not normally marked as an Autobot medic, but for when they did the uh, Armada and animated shows, he was mm-hmm. also tagged mm-hmm. as a medic, even if his yeah. vehicle form. Uh, if I remember correctly, even in this one, just from like what his design looks like, is it exactly a uh, rescue vehicle as they tend to do with the medics? No, essentially so. he was. Um, it's it's pretty much the same design as what he had in G one, which was essentially a Lamborghini. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 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 like the fact that he's made a medic uh, tends to kind of look different. Tends to kind of like not jive with what his vehicle form is. Yeah. Right. Unless so, he was yeah. like one of the maybe he was a plastic surgeon. No, maybe, and he, was, it's, maybe he was like the the <laughs> Cybertronian equivalent of a plastic surgeon. I mean, maybe, or maybe Autobots didn't have to have their function based on their form, the way the Predacons or the the way the Decepticons. Decepticons said. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So it's not it? you know it's not actually so it's it's just racism. Hmm. Mm. I mean, it does it does kind of make sense since a lot of the Decepticon ones. 
are the ones that are forced to do certain jobs based on their their design as opposed to what the Autobots are. I mean, Mirage was a was kind of like got a lot of leeway, and he was just basically uh, a racer, even though his car was there. But it was more like he was a uh, a movie star than that. That was his job. Yeah. Well, agreed. So we get a. Optimus comes in and immediately Bumblebee is of the mind, no, I'm not joining your war. You're not going to convince me. And Prime is, <laughs> he's like, it, it, am I really that easy to read? And everybody's like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, we do get a bit of tension though, because uh, as B tries to leave Hound and Elita block his path. Alita outright says that she should offline, maybe offline him. Yeah, they've um, seen too much. Yeah, and this is this is one instance where uh, prior to us recording, Kendall, I had mentioned that I felt like there was a bit of mischaracterization, and I sort of got this with Prime because he gets really upset. Like he he almost yells, "We are not the Decepticons." And then he sort of brings it back down and, he, you know, he says to let them go. And I think... His characterization or not, it, it sounds like he's at the end of his rope. Yeah. And All of this. It, it, for me, it almost feels like they aren't quite sure. Because sometimes it feels like they're trying to make Optimus almost like this, this sage or this prophet sort of leader type character Mm -hmm. and then he has moments like this where he's like yelling and getting really upset and because this was my second time watching this episode it was one of the things that was sort of in my mind when i watched it and when it came up again i i couldn't help but feel like it might for me at least almost would have been more impactful if instead of getting so upset if he had if they had done a 180 with it, if he had been like really almost sorrowful, sorrowful, like if he, he, if he was like really saddened. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, it does kind of feel like they kind of want to, they bounce back and forth to him being a very competent, sageful leader. Like you said, and a person who's still struggling with the, with the fact that he's had leadership thrust upon him. Do you like, they still, they still keep bouncing back between which one of those they want to go with. You, you feel like you feel like within this within this work they do that, or or just at least or, a little bit in this episode so far. Okay, because mm-hmm. I mean, because to me, to me that I, well, first of all, the I don't think the two are mutual ex, mutually exclusive. Yeah. I think he's a, mm-hmm. a very complicated character, but you do those are definitely two sides of Optimus. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the you know you have the kind of the optimist from uh, I don't I'm not I'm not even gonna give specific you have you have the optimist that's like Goku that's like <laughs> that's like uh, in stories where Optimus isn't there and at the and at the end of the story he comes back and he's the solution to all the problems um I'm ba- I can't think of examples but like a lot of but a lot of the if this is if this is indeed taking uh, inspiration from the IDW comics that 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 are written sort of in this era 
um, than the the sort of doubtful, angry optimist is is spot on. I feel like okay. I, I I feel like that's you know that's exactly that. Like like because there's a difference between I, I think there's definitely a difference between optimists who was you know who who was who who went from being second or third in command uh under under alpha trion maybe under alpha or not uh, yeah alpha trion is who we're saying right yeah alpha trion maybe under alpha trion maybe partnering with megatron like kind of definitely not the boss to mm-hmm. having not only had that gotten into a leadership position that that maybe he wasn't he wasn't quite ready for but then put it in this impossible situation of this war mm-hmm. um and 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 losing this war uh yeah I, I agree with jordan he's he's right re- he's definitely at the end of his rope here like it, it's definitely he's a he's a he's a real character it's it's uh you know and there's something too not not that there's not that there's nothing to having like an aspirational character or a a monk-like figure or something like that. But if you want this, if you want this show to be about Optimus, mm-hmm. if you want this character to have, to have an arc and to have growth, then you kind of have to give him, you have to give him some weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, that's true. I just, I don't know. The, the conflict that they're trying to portray to me, at least doesn't seem to to ring true but like you said with if, if with it being more in line with the comics i can understand that and and i haven't read all of the comics so i i don't know that characterization mm-hmm. well at all um so i'm drawing it more i guess because they're making so much reference to g1 that i'm i'm automatically sort of drawn to that comparison uh-huh. mainly because of something i remember with um something that peter cullen actually well said. i haven't seen and g1 was, so yeah <laughs> now, one of the th- one of the things that that peter cullen when he auditioned for prime uh because he drew heavily uh he he was inspired heavily by his brother who had been i believe was a marine if i'm not mistaken mm, and one right. of the things that is and one of the things his brother had said was uh be be strong enough to be gentle and it, it's something that with Optimus as a character that I've always felt was carried fairly well for the most part over various shows. Um, and it sort of got pulled away a little bit um, with like the Michael Bay stuff, but I also see where they were going. They went more with the, prime yes he he's a leader and and inspirational but at the same time you also need to ground it in more realism in that you can't have a character that's going to be an eternal optimist even though he's got the name optimist in his (laughs) name um which you know makes sense because if you're if you're trying to base a you know, a story in a more realistic setting than of course you're gonna try and draw on things like and that. And this is and this uh, is a gritty this is a grim gritty take on mm-hmm. this is the this is the dark night of of uh of Transformers. Like this is this is it's kind yeah. of it's the it's taken to the extreme. 
maybe too far <laughs> to the extreme, but but still, <laughs> but still, it's this is about as this is about as dark a Transformers story as as is ever going to come to to the screen. Yeah, we, we did not mention that the 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 tone and the the setting dressing here is pretty dark yes like things are dull like i said like like when i said like when i mentioned mirage like he's so dimmed i mean dimmed by the fact that his entire body is like like uh gray and black because he looks like he's dying mm-hmm. like this is this is the kind of like and we mentioned that they look scarred and pitted and like have scratches and stuff like that like this uh by the way, like the the 3D detailing is pretty kind of actually neat. I really do like the the animation in this. Yeah. But it's also like I said, like very dark. Like mm-hmm. it's it's it definitely feels like this is a dystopian cyberpunk city. I guess is a good good way. Like more towards like you know the 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 dystopian. Yes. Almost post yeah, almost post apocalyptic. Yeah, yeah, but but being Transformers, there's more technology than you would. Right. Than than uh, a typical it's, post apocalypse. It's probably what scene. they. It's probably what they would have loved to do in uh, Beast Machines. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, you're right, Kendall. I think that that definitely would have played really well into Beast Machines. Yeah, but, I, and uh, I mean, I'm not, and I and I, I certainly don't think that you can't have an Optimus who is who is the sort of who's the Superman type character. It's, it's an aspirational heroic figure. I just don't think that's the story they're telling here. And I don't think it's, yeah. I don't think it's, it's in, I, I think that the story that they're telling here is valid. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I think, I think you're right in that. It, yeah. There, there's certainly no, I'm, I'm not trying to invalidate it. It just, to me with the references that they make it almost ha- hashtag, not my optimist. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, great. There's the episode title. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, so the, they, we've just got like a few more minutes left in this episode anyway. We've gone off on tangent, which is normal for our recordings <laughs> anyway. Um, so as B leaves, we see, uh, Ultra Magnus outside the, the, the medic area. And we then cut to Megatron, who is addressing in this amphitheater full of Decepticons, basically saying, oh, we had a, a truce where we offered this treaty, then they attempted to assassinate me, so I call upon all Decepticons <laughs> we and had, We had a truce, so we, were, so we kept uh, like dropping boulders on each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, um, I do like how he, he basically spins that, oh, we went to de- offer them a treaty, when it kind of was just a chance encounter. Yeah. Right. Right, it was a chance encounter. They were literally about to murder. The, the, yeah, but but it, you know, if you look at it, if you if you edit the footage, you know, yeah, it's it's mm. very it's very uh, propaganda y and um, you know, you oh, and, an interesting aside. There's a point where you see Starscream clapping, and there's a moment where he takes a moment to actually like you know flex his hand, which yeah. is, I kind of like. Which is kind of like one of the small little details, I guess. I just really like that when he had his hand chopped off, they kept that throughout this, like throughout the uh, entire show up until this point. Like there wasn't a moment that you saw him on screen where he had both arms suddenly or 
or it didn't look like that it was cut off or anything like that. Like they didn't make a mistake like that. Like they were consistent with that. And yes. I know it's a small thing, but in these shows where a, a mainstay is that these are for, you know, toy commercials. Sometimes those little things actually are really nice. Yeah, that's true. In fact, there's also a moment where like Jetfire like bumps him. He's like, you want to lose your, you lose your hand again or something like that. And yeah. He's like, step out of line. You know, you'll lose it again. Sort of deal. Well, they need to, they need to be able to sell the star scream with no hand toy. Oh, that'll probably be the comic con exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> but we we do get um you know Starscream sort of starts boasting that you know if I was in charge of look of going after the Autobots then you would have Prime's head already and uh to sort of rebuke Jetfire and that he's you know he's sending the seekers out and that they will find the Autobots Megatron's like neither of you are going to find him mm-hmm. to which they're sort of like well what do you mean he's like you haven't hit any of his weaknesses. So he's not going to come out until you do. That's honor, brother, brotherhood, and love. And it, as he mentions those, we then cut to outside the amphitheater and we've got a cloak. <laughs> I don't know why they went with the cloak. It, it, because, <laughs> because it's a cool ultra- anime thing. Yeah. It's Ultra Magnus wearing a like a tattered cloak. No, it's a mysterious character. It's a cliffhanger. We don't know who he is. Yeah, Uh, he's about to pull back the hood, and then the screen goes black. So, so yeah, that that was the episode there. Um, I just I I love that. I love that as a cliffhanger ending. I'm I'm sorry, Jordan. I, I cut you off. No, no, I was just imagining the cloak being long enough that it actually covers over the like the the raised parts of his shoulders too, <laughs> to try even further make him look like he was oh, being trying to get serious instead of it just being like on his head and just between them. Yeah, I just I I love I love that as like a as like a cliffhanger. It's like the one character that you actually <laughs> said what his name was. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you can, <laughs> oh man, and and he's very clearly, you know, that's very clearly Ultra Magnus. Oh man, and Ultra Magnus also, just for what it's worth, is a is a terrific character in this too. Like, like yes. just he's he's another sort of another. Everybody has their own uh, motivations, and you know, and it's like it's like maybe we don't know what this treaty says. Maybe mm-hmm. the treaty says that everybody's happy and free, but the Autobots have to have to give Megatron five dollars, or the Autobots have to have to like have to like uh, you, you know just acknowledge the existence. Uh, maybe I mean maybe it's maybe it's just actually about equality, and I don't know. Like who who knows what the freaking treaty says? Maybe maybe it says that Prime has to be the first member of, of Megatron's Kiss My Tailpipe book. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean I mean we oh, had- we also had somebody say ass in this episode. Oh yeah. <laughs> nice. Jack called Bumblebee a pain in his ass. Nice, yeah. nice. <laughs> All right, yeah. so so there's the episode in a nutshell. But yeah, well, I, I, I say in a nutshell, it was at least shorter than what we normally do. Yeah, yeah a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm like full, fully on board with this. Like, I mean, there's a reason that I, that I was, that I drunkenly texted you guys like, oh, this is war 
of the Cybertron and peace or beast. <laughs> uh, like, like I'm, I, this is, it's, it's uh, everything I could have hoped for. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I nitpicks, but, but really, but really nitpicks. Like the only thing that would make it better would be if chapter two, suddenly they change it to beast wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, I, I, yeah. Like I'm really looking forward to seeing more. Like, like I said, like I've only like watched a little bit of it to, uh, so like, you know, maybe I'll just keep the idea of like, you know, only watching an episode ahead of like ahead of the time to see to see what uh to see you know to give like more of like a fresh like uh take on what we what we're watching but yeah i kind of really what i'm interested it's this is definitely a good episode to like get you wanting to see more Mm -hmm. you know like it's definitely it definitely makes you want to watch like watch more than uh than just the one episode and dismiss it like it's like well i'm kind of really want to see what's going to happen next and a lot i kind of yeah, like yeah. I, I want to see where this is going. I want to see what, 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 uh, what things they're they're planning on doing or trying with this. There, there's one thing that I, there's, there is a small gripe that I had in that I wish the episodes were longer, and the re, the, in, especially in this episode in particular, the reason that I wish this episode was a bit longer was because we get the reference to Alpha Trion early on. And that he was murdered, and I, I feel like it could, it could only help the story if we had a small bit of, you know, of, of looking back to see, you know, getting a sense as to what happened in the past. Just a like, small bit, like maybe a flashback at some point. Yeah, I think like, not, not a long one either. Yeah, I think we'll see that in. I think we'll see that in uh, a later in a later portion of the trilogy. I don't think it's a spoiler to say that there's not really any flashbacks in this. Um, but I think like yeah. the second the in the, in whatever the, the earth crap, cause that's going to be the most boring stuff. <laughs> if it's about earth stuff, uh, they'll probably do a lot of flashbacks cause, cause they have the, cause they have all the Cybertron aspects. And if they're not at, uh, assets words, mm-hmm. They have all the Cy- Cybertron assets. They're going to do flashbacks to Cybertron, I think. Um, but that, I mean, that, that may, I may be wrong, but I think I think we'll get that story. It's, I it's think it'd be good if we did. Yeah. All right. So that's our review of the episode. We put out a call. I did a bit of a teaser last week. Uh, and then this morning I put out a, a call for questions. So I didn't get up whole lot of time i guess for listeners to to put anything in but i think we did get a couple of questions so yep and i double check just to make sure let me actually let me triple check to see if we got any last minute ones sure just to be sure but it looks like we got all the ones pertaining to the tweet okay um oh i i forgot to check You, you posted it on facebook too didn't you yep Shoot, I forgot to check that one. <laughs> no worries. I put I made sure to cover all of our bases. <laughs> we had it on Facebook, we had it on Twitter. I even put it on the Audio Entropy Underground Discord channel. Which if you go to Audio Entropy on Twitter, is pinned to the top of their Twitter page, so you can join the Discord and join the discussion. Oh, I have Discord turned off so you can check there too. I checked. There was there sadly was not anything there. Okay. Well, 
sometimes it takes a while for people because you know with discord sometimes people don't have like very obvious like uh, notifications on those things because yeah you, sometimes people chat a lot on those things and if you don't <laughs> yeah i've i've got oh my god how many servers am i connected to on discord oh i want to say lot. yeah and i've got notifications turned off on almost all of them now <laughs> yeah Okay, yeah, it doesn't look like we got any questions on the Facebook ones, so it's just the Twitter at the moment. All right. If if for some reason I actually did miss you, I'm sorry, and either I'll find you later via our email, or or you can let me know again, and I'll make sure to add you so we can get you in later episodes. Or if you want to send us a question for our next recording, which will hopefully be next week, if you go on to Twitter, at War and Beast. I think it is still just and Warren Beast. Yeah, it's at Warren Beast. Yes, at Warren Beast. You can tweet us a question. Uh, Warren Beast Podcast at gmail.com, which I don't think anybody sent us anything into that in a very long time. Uh, but we do have the, we do also have a Facebook group. So if you search for Warren Beast Podcast, you can find us on there also. Mm-hmm. I posted some memes on there a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> they make me laugh. And- and, you know, I'm pretty sure on the Facebook group I po- pointed out when I post uh, the huge amount of m- image jumps of uh, of Forge to Fight stories I put. Because, I'll be honest, this writing those are just basically just jokes back and forth sometimes, but they are fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, remember how I said, like, I love how snarky and, and stupid uh, Wheeljack is? Hmm. He's really like basically Doc Brown in Forge to Fight, and it's so hilarious. <laughs> like, there's there's one point where like I think he literally says like, "Who would have thought that a personal time machine would be a problem?" And Jetfire's right there, and he's like, "I did several times. In fact, just this earlier today." <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first question, go. Okay. So our first question is from the Moon Rules at the Moon Rules. Uh, can has a transformer used another transformer's robot mode for their transformed mode? Uh, actually, in what what we'll see in this series is there is a lot of repetition of models. Yeah. Uh, so that you will see, you'll see a few different. Um, I mean, this, we got the seekers in this episode. So they, a lot of them look the same. There's going to be other models, both on the Autobot and Decepticon side, where we see almost like it's in repetition. Uh, I think in G2, like I had the toys, but I don't don't remember it much in the series. They literally did have clone characters, mm-hmm. even if their transform mode was different. Like there was uh, a like a duo of a car and jet that transformed into very to like basically identical robot models. And, Mm. Oh, what was it? Like, I think another one named like top spin and, and something like that, that was like a Cybertronian drill and and thing like that, that was actually like more of a flip transformer than a, yeah, I used to have, I used to have that. Yeah. And he was also part of a clone set that, that they actually like, I remember being in a, a comic series at one point because for some part of them being like a twins and clones when one of them was basically offline, the other one wasn't far behind because they couldn't like their, their, their sparks were interconnected in some way and he couldn't keep himself alive long enough without him. 
Yeah, but we're, which we're, is a little bit different than. But that's some of the yeah. Other what's ones. but what what uh, this is that's Eric. The Moon Rules is Eric, right? Yes, uh, yeah. yeah uh, I was about to put that but out. what Eric is asking is is the robot using their robot form as as their alt form. So yeah. like 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 Rat Trap transforming into Cheetor's robot form. And I I don't yeah. think that that's happened, but oh, um no. but probably Mirage could do something like that. Yeah, Mirage can and I think Hound had uh had like a hologram hiding ability or tracking ability too. I might but I might be remembering just like a one episode thing he did. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um I mean, they've done things where they've come close like they've like made like hard light holograms to cover themselves or something or to make like a hard light hologram to make it look like they're dro- being driven by someone like that that mm. kind of goes like oh yeah we can trans like transform or our change our appearances to look like someone else or something else that is not just the vehicle we transform into but it's not very like very specific like i'm going to transform into this person either to pretend to be them or to specifically look like them for some reason. Seems well, like it seems like the Michael Bay version of Transformers could though. Like you yeah. cuz they cuz they scan yeah. they scan a thing and then turn into it. So, I mean, if well, they can now, transform yeah. a they freaking that, that, Mountain Dew they, thing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the second one had that um that girl that tried to, you know, capture uh Spike to basically that was able to cover like basically take on a human form and stuff like that like she seemed like a person that could transform from like one uh humanoid form to another Mm. so like her her which you know would technically be a robot form right she could turn from one robot form to another but they didn't really like employ it much actually now that i think about it there might be there is one transformer whose alt form was another robot mode and that was uh optimus <laughs> <laughs> um it, it was uh punch counter punch yeah he was the double spy but yes. he wasn't transforming into another specific robot he had two robot forms that's true yeah it was it was and oh that was that's still one of my favorite toys and i still don't know where i last left it i cannot find the dang car like i had it recently too and then i lost it again gah sorry i'm just muttering to myself about my toys um and as for the other question which uh kendall you actually replied to this before before uh spidey cast or what is at what is cosplay ask yes hi cassidy what is this everyone knows it's monkey not truck any obscure and or beast wars characters you're hoping to see i honestly would love to see rat trap in this series at some point Mm. Uh, specifically, I would love to see Rat Trap and Dinobot uh, duo somewhere. Like they've oh, been in, be they've, so they've done that duo uh, before in a, in the Beast Wars Uprising, like alternate kind of side universe comic before. Uh, that had them like they had Dinobot, like D Y N O Bot and Rat Trap uh, before. So like. It's not like they don't know about it and they don't and they know that people love that like uh that dynamic. So but still just seeing one of one of those two uh would definitely be would definitely be fun. Um I'll do you one better. I want to see Rat Trap and Dinobot 
I don't want Scott McNeil to voice them both again. <laughs> that would be neat. Yeah, it would be mm. great. It would be great to see him doing those voices again. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. If they, if you want to even make it more obscure, we could have them be like related to RC. Like or like <laughs> trap like like how he said that he was related to RC like they yeah. didn't actually make a canon here in the episodes but if you so, want to go get yeah Kendall so okay so I I had to think about it and I figured it out I want to see yeah. Tankor ooh yeah because didn't he have like his own separate character in the comics sometimes too yes yes uh, oh, yeah I, I, I don't know if yeah I don't know if because he I mean he was in the comics. I don't know if he was considered to be because the because the Beast Wars characters existed in the comics as well, uh, mm-hmm. in some form. Although they were like weird, um, uh, but yeah, yeah. I don't know exact. I don't remember exactly, but it was in the Unicron stuff. Uh, but yes, I I just really liked I I Tankor really resonated with me when when we uh, when we watched. Uh, 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 whatchamacallit. And Rhinox is always a favorite character, too. Yes. Uh, yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, something about... Ta- I feel like Tankor would fit in the aesthetic of this series. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially if it... E- either either form where, like, if it's just straight up, like, he's just a tank ca- robotic character, or Rhinox uh, uh, mm-hmm. personality somewhat influenced at some point, because... You know, both angles would be great here. Like a former pacifist stuck in this war, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in a tank form, either, you know, on either side, even like it doesn't matter right. if he was Autobot or a Decepticon, like on either side, I th- think would be a really interesting character for this for this setting. Right, know, they could, kinda, I'm sorry, go, sorry ahead. go ahead. No, OK, I'm going to go ahead then. <laughs> <laughs> well, theoretically. The the all Rhinox and Rat Trap and all them from Beast Wars had were cyber had Cybertronian forms before they landed on Earth. Yeah. What mm-hmm. if Rhinox's was Tankor? Yeah, yeah. You know, would make it. You know, even if you have Tankor without any sort of Rhinox influence, give him the chain guns. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just like ta- I just like Tankor's design, like. Just yeah, and just have and having him be. I mean, another. I really like that we get later in the series. We get what's his face. Don't don't even the other <laughs> the Megatron the other Megatron guy, the purple Galvatron. One. No, the purple one. The uh, that turns into a gun. Shockwave. Shockwave. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> I just kind of like those. I like. I do like those. Like kind of. E- like evil i'm the boss no i'm the boss well we work together to be evil and and i feel like i feel like uh like Tankor really embodies that really well <laughs> also, oh, oh sorry i keep cutting out but the other yeah. thing is if the second chapter is called like earth rising or something like that how cool would that be if it was a six episode synopsis of beast wars Ooh. <laughs> I mean, because that's because because they are that is the next that is the next thing that happens, right? The well, I mean, sorry, the, I'll, I'll I won't I won't say anymore because of the spoilers, yeah. but but like that's the next. Well, no, they stage. found the space bridge, so I can I can understand, especially with the name of it being Earthrise. Like I said, mm-hmm. like even though I haven't watched all the episodes, I can guess where where this is at least 
taking some cues of of story G1 story dailying where they are kind of looking forward to. I just don't know how they're about going doing right, it. Right, right, Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they, how they play or how everything plays out. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's our questions. We've done our episode review. We're, we're one episode in. It, it's happening, folks. We're, we're doing it again. We're doing we'll it live. Well, yep. not exactly live, <laughs> but we are doing this. <laughs> so, by all means, check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Facebook. If you haven't joined the Auto Entropy Discord, check that out, please. Uh, we've got various other podcasts still on the on the network that are going. Teenagers Attitude, Attitude of course, is still going strong. Uh, the Less Place isn't putting out as many episodes. They are still producing yeah, episodes, just, though. They just put out a new one recently, yeah. didn't they? They did. Uh, they're... The um, the main things that are going out pretty consistently are the Eidolon ones, which, yes. even though I, I, I'm, uh, again, th- like I said earlier when I, we were talking off mic, I'm behind on some series. And unfortunately, Eidolon is, even though I'm I'm part of the Patreon because I really will like the, uh, the system they made. Yeah. But it's still going consistently. Uh, a lot of the audio interview are putting a lot of effort into it. And I mean... With good reason, because it's it's uh, you know like I hear and just like from the talking about it and stuff like that, it sounds like it's doing really good. A lot of people are having fun, and a lot of people are liking it. And you know, uh, you know, like hey, it's it's it's. I mean, it might be like you know the new thing that's going on, but it's there's a reason why there's a lot of good buzz about it. Yep. And for for those that aren't aware, Eidolon is a uh, it's an RPG uh, that they're doing weekly uh and then putting out the podcast for uh for the sessions uh it's you know luke is the dm we've got molly from totally reprised which has now moved on to the reprisener and they are reviewing uh the the old um patrick mcgowan the prisoner yes spy fi as it's marked in wikipedia yes and then we've got uh lexi and we've got mike uh, we're involved in it also. Uh, so definitely check it out. And I think uh, Fabi and Emily and, um, shoot, I can't remember everyone on the other team. There's <laughs> literally two teams. Yes. Because they needed, uh, two separate, con- cause Luke's, Luke's a madman and he's GM two groups so that he can try all, all, uh, the playbooks of the, of the game at, in certain ways. Yes. But yeah, it's created by my, uh, Luke and Molly, even though yes. Molly's playing the character in one of the games. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely check them out. Uh, but yeah, so for now, that is one episode in the book. The siege continues. So we will see you folks next week. Next week. So for Warren Beast, I have been Greg. I've been Jordan. Uh, I'm and I'm Kendall. Till all are one, folks. Bye.